You're listening to a podcast from Victory. We find our true security in Christ. Learn more about this truth in week two of The Fine Line. This is uh, really a topic where I am always excited because there's a fine line between the money that we have and the understanding of why we have been supplied with uh, resources by the Lord and our series is uh, giving us a picture that money will uh, be a neutral tool or eventually, without us knowing it, it will take control of everything that we do in life. So you have to ask yourself this question, is money a tool or something that will take control of your life? Tool or control? And I hope that as we end this series that you will have a vivid uh, understanding that at the end of the day, money was provided so that we can use it for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Remember this, if you have money and you want to help other people and you don't want them to come to know Christ, you're missing the point. The reason why money was provided so that you can use it for the advantage of God's kingdom. If you are out there helping other people with the right intention, that is only half of the story. I want you to understand the reason why Christ called you into the marvelous light, not because he just wouldn't want you to come to our Sunday gathering, but he wants to use you and the things that you possess. For there is a fine line indeed of money using as a tool and allowing money to take control. This series will focus on understanding the pitfalls of love of money and how to overcome them by obeying God's commands in the letter of Paul to Timothy. A week ago, we talked about greed versus contentment. And a week from now, we'll uh, talk about selfishness versus generosity. Today, we will talk about false hope versus security. And two weeks from now, we'll talk about temporal versus eternal perspective. And about a week ago, we talked about contentment. And a lot of us here, we think that contentment is just trying to convince yourself that I'm contented, everything, but your heart is yearning for more. At the end of the day, if you just, what, confess and convince yourself that you're contented and no matter how you meditate and if your walk with God is not right eventually, if you're not satisfied with your relationship with the Lord, you will look for what can possibly satisfy you. So telling yourself that you're contented will not do the trick. Okay? At the end of the day, you can only be contented when you have Christ in your life. And lack of contentment happens when we think that there are things other than God, that will make us happy. And this is why the story of Adam and Eve is a picture of uh, the greatest deception in history. That the serpent outwitted Adam and Eve, that the serpent convinced that there is okay, a better life outside of the relationship of Adam and Eve with God. And this is why when you listen to the lie of the enemy, that there is a life better than the life that you have with God, that is the starting point of life that is headed towards destruction. Because sin, okay, is something that we choose, okay, something that is above God. Sin is when we choose something above than our relationship with God. This is what happened to Adam and Eve. And I hope that you are familiar that when you begin to look beyond just the relationship that you have with God and, and we look for answers and solutions other than God himself, you will discover that you will be fighting for what you need and what you want. And without you knowing it, you become more greedy. And you think that, okay, by accumulation of wealth, 
and claiming a lot of things that can possibly make you happy will do the trick, will satisfy you. But I don't know if you can relate with me that the more you yearn for more, the more you ask for money, the more you accumulate things, the more that you become greedy and you want to accumulate more. I mean, I asked one, uh, an individual that I was counseling roughly about a week ago, how much do you need in order for you to uh, call yourself uh, somebody satisfied and rich? And he told me if my, if my boss can double my salary to about 10000 or 20000 uh, I probably I'll be happy. Uh, and, and sad to say the people that I have counseled that are earning 20000 a month, you know, Okay, the desire that they want is that for their boss to double their salary to about 40000 Sad to say that people that are earning that amount of money are also yearning for about 100000 And for people that are earning about 100000 you know what their greatest desire is to double their salary. Because you can't really be satisfied in life. Remember, there's only one person who can pacify your need for satisfaction. And no amount of material possessions, no amount of money can satisfy because that void in your heart was left unattended. Not because money has guaranteed that it will satisfy and pacify, but only in our relationship with Christ that we're contented and we're content. Amen. And you can do everything. You can ask a lot of people that are into a lot of things. If there is an absence of Christ, you will never walk in satisfaction. Remove God from the scale, no matter how you entertain yourself. Okay? From Betamax to VHS to LaserDisc to CDs to DVD to Blu-ray and everything under the sun with HD quality, you'll never be satisfied. Why? Because Christ is nowhere to be found. When you have enough, but Christ is ever-present in your life, Christmas won't be the same without you. No, I'm just kidding. That's not part of my message. This is also true to how money is advertised. And money has been advertised uh, uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. And the reason why, okay, we fall into the trap because money has a tendency to advertise that indeed this is the only thing that will make you happy and secure. If I have much and I have money, I think everything will work out fine. This is, however, a pitfall that could result to destruction. I want to ask all of you here, have you ever been tricked into buying something because of false advertising? That's what money does to us. Do you understand? And the reason why I, I want to I, I wanna show you some photos here of false advertising, not because I'm against these companies. In fact, I am also a user of this product. But I realized one thing, that people like us, we don't want to be outwitted. We don't want to be tricked. And one of the companies, okay, as I did my research, and I got this from Insider Business or BusinessInsider.com, that this product that I'm a user of and I'm not against made a false advertising. That it is made from sugar, so it takes like sugar. The Sugar Association says Splenda, made from sugar, slogan is misleading. And that the sweetener is nothing more a highly processed chemical compound made in a factory. It's not sugar. And they paid a lot. To whom? To equal. It was equal who sued them that they're giving false advertising. And nobody wants to be tricked. If you're single and you are in a relationship probably or you're, you're in a relationship or you're single wanting to have a relationship, you don't want to get into a relationship where your goal, sana this person that, that I will fall for will, will, will trick me. Sana lokohin ako niya. I mean, nobody will pray for that. Nobody would want to be in a business venture and that is your prayer, your desire. My number one faith goal is that I will fail because somebody, okay, made boodle boodle of me. Do you understand? 
we want the real score. And this is what happened. You pay the price. If you adhere to, okay, to what money has advertised that if you have money, you'll be happy and secure. Okay, one of the things that I'm a user of is this product, okay? The promise in the same site is that there's a hidden chip technology and a calorie burner inside that rubber shoes. Ridiculous. It sold a lot of rubber shoes, and these sneakers were advertised as a calorie burner. Plaintiffs discovered that the shoe was without any secret technology. But on the other side of that, a lot of people have validated that they're losing weight. So it's just a, a, a mindset. Do you understand? And they paid $5 million, okay, for this false advertisement. And nobody would want to be outwitted. Nobody, want to be, nobody wants to be tricked. We want the real score. We want the truth. One of the products, okay, that I'm a user of, okay? And the advertisement is, this is better than any other car oils out there. And again, okay, the judge of, uh, I think, New Jersey has to, what, ask Pencil to remove all the products, okay, in, uh, in the different stores because the judge validated that what they're saying is false and misleading. They don't have any ingredient that sets them apart from any uh, car oils. And to make a long story short, okay, I am not against these products, but we want the real score. We want the truth. And a lot of us here, we know that money will not make us happy. How come we fall into the temptation because there is something wrong with our relationship with God? No matter how misleading an advertisement or a venture is, we get attracted to it when we don't understand that at the end of the day, it is only in Christ that we are contented. Amen. Because there is a fine line, okay, between... You knowing that, God, this is a moment and a season for me to trust you than for me to gravitate towards what money has promised. Nobody wants to be swindled. How many of you here? It's your prayer to be swindled by somebody. Nobody wants to be defrauded. Nobody wants to be cheated. Nobody wants to be tricked. Nobody wants to be deluded or fooled or, or outwitted. Nobody wants to be misguided. Nobody wants to be ensnared, entrapped. Or just like what I mentioned, the Greek word for entrap is... Boodle, boodle. My point is, we don't want, okay, to be outwitted by somebody. And we know that money will not guarantee happiness and security. How come we choose to pursue money? Because there is a God higher, stronger, and better. We think than the God of the universe. If God is in your top list, everything that you do is for you to satisfy your top priority. But without us knowing it, we have replaced God with money. Does everything that you do points to what makes money happy? Remember, remember this. Look up here for a while. Everything that you do is geared towards making that number one thing in your life happy. Do you understand? And this is what I am talking about. Anything that displaces God from the picture is an idol. An idol wants you to be enslaved to its desires. An idol wants you to do things that makes that idol happy. And this is why this is very, very dangerous. Because we know that there is nothing in this world that can give us a satisfaction other than Christ himself. From First Timothy, same chapter as we have discussed a week ago. How many of you here, you believe with all your heart you're rich? 
You're rich. Raise your hand. Okay? You're acting like a rich person. Acting. How many of you here, you're hoping that you'll become rich? Hoping, hoping, hoping. Okay? How many? Only a few. Hoping that you want to be rich. Hoping that eventually you'll become rich. Anybody here? Okay? Not a lot. How many of you here, you're, you're interceding and fasting that eventually you'll become poor? <laughs> that it is your dream to be poor? Nobody wants to be poor. Amen? And this is not just for the rich, this passage, because the whole chapter speaks of the rich and those who desire to be rich. So all of us are what? Are in the same category. Verse 17, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. Okay? Haughty. Say the word haughty. Okay? Nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. I just want to clarify this. God wants us to enjoy. Amen. How many of you here, honestly, you're presently enjoying the life that you have right now? You're enjoying. How many of you here, you're enjoying by faith? Sarap talaga, pastor. Ang sarap ng buhay. You're enjoying by faith. Okay? This passage is also for you. Amen? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment that you've given us. I pray right now that each and every person will have an encounter, a collision with the Holy Spirit, that our priority, slow God, will uh, be laid bare, Father, that in everything that we do and everything that we dream about, Lord God, should be centered on what pleases you. Lord, I pray that you give us the confidence, the faith to trust you in the midst of uncertainties. Because we know, Lord God, you're the author and perfecter of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So not only for the rich, but the Bible says for those who desire to be rich. If you have a desire to be rich, amen. All of us, can we raise our hands? Desire to be rich. Look at the person on your left. Tell the person, I'll be rich. You'll be rich. As for the rich in his present age, charge them not to be haughty. So you're not just somebody, okay, that is rich presently, but those who desire. Paul was simply saying, this is what I want you, Timothy, to admonish the people in your church. Because Paul can visit him. He has to write a letter and remind Timothy to remind the people under your care that we need to forewarn people that there's a tendency for them to be what? To be haughty. When you're haughty, you become naughty. Do you understand? So Paul was simply reminding Timothy to teach his lesson. That for people under their care not to be haughty, nor set their hopes on uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. When you say haughty, a person who is arrogant, disdainful, and setting oneself above others because there is no one that he can turn to other than himself. Amen. So if you don't have a running, thriving relationship with God, and to bring it further, if your relationship with God is not intact, you are haughty no matter how you would want to pretend that you're humble. You understand? A lot of people can do that. That they're humble based on the way they act, the way they, they, they go about life, the way they, they talk to people. But at the end of the day, it's not just what you do. God sees the condition of your heart. So if there is no God in your life and you know you don't have a relationship with God and Jesus Christ is not your top priority, whether you act that indeed you are humble, but deep in your heart there is a degree of haughtiness. And this is why this is very dangerous. Haughty people, okay, are individuals that are really living in sin in Proverbs 21.4. Okay, it is written that when you're haughty, you have a proud heart. 
To be haughty is to have an arrogant demeanor. It is an overall attitude of one's heart that causes one to scorn or look down on others. So if somebody will tell you, stay humble. If you don't have Christ in your heart, you don't understand the gospel, you'll end up so proud of what you can accomplish. You know why you're proud? Because you're fighting for acceptance. You're fighting for recognition. But if you're a believer, you are accepted and recognized by Christ. There is nothing to prove, no one to impress. Amen. This is why this message is just more than money. It, 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 it uh, really uh, goes after the condition of your heart. A haughty person doesn't care about what pleases God. Because you're thinking you're full of yourself. You're always thinking of yourself and what you can gain with the things that you would want to pursue in life. A haughty person, a prideful person, an arrogant person, you're consumed with yourself, then your marriage. The reason why I can't just really be consumed with myself and once in a while my wife can testify, I'm also, once in a while, once a day, I'm tempted to prioritize my needs and my wants other than my partner. But I'm reminded that Christ, more than his, his desires and his wants, in fact, he was in a way wrestling with his father. Take this cup away from me. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Nobody wants to be crucified. Anyone here, you want to be crucified? Because you're, you're a person of good deeds and with the right motive. Nobody wants to die for anyone. You can even die for your wife or your children. Because you want to prioritize what you want. But Christ, because of what he did on the cross, now we can prioritize not whatever we want and we need. We can prioritize the people around us. And the reason why your children are your priority. And not just your dreams and your wants and and your aspirations, because you understand the gospel. So if you're here right now and you're full of yourself, there is something missing. Okay? In your life. There is something that you have overlooked in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it is important this morning that you're liberated from that lie that you retrace your steps and go back and say, God, I want to fully function based on my understanding of the gospel. And a haughty person is somebody who's defined by the things that he wants, the things that he owns, the people that he's connected to. How many of you here, when you have a new rubber shoes, how many of you here, you've you've experienced this? the glorious moment of putting a new rubber shoes. And you hear angels singing, and there's really this, this demonic war in the seventh heaven while, while, while putting that rubber shoes. And, and you don't walk. When you have a new rubber shoes, what do you do? You don't walk, you glide. Do you understand? Why? Because you feel like you're a different man with that new rubber shoes. When you're driving a new car, There is something demonic of having brand new cars. Amen. I'm just kidding. Because I feel like that my significance and value is tied into what I own. But remember this, our financial status should not dictate our value. Our value and the value that we have is not on what you own or your Armani or whatever. Okay? Apparel you have. Your value is tied on what Jesus did on the cross. And remember this, that Christ's death is the most expensive mission in all of history. How many of you here, you have kids? And you want to send your kid to die for someone that you don't know? 
Nobody and no parent in his right mind would do such thing. The father took the risk. And this is something that I cannot solve as a pastor for years. The father sent his son. And with that risk, he's also guaranteed that his son would be rejected. But he took the risk. Isn't that something to think of this Christmas? That more than just the birth of Jesus Christ, he spent something. The King of kings and the Lord of lords came after you. And because of that, when you have a deeper understanding, you'll be forever changed. Because security is not based on what we possess, but who possessed us. And when Christ died on the cross, he was simply saying, you're mine, your problem is mine. If you go down the drain, you're mine. We're going to do it together. So whatever you're going through, at the moment, whether you're frustrated, depressed, or oppressed, we're doing this together. The Bible is clear that God will not leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us every step of the way. In fact, you can forsake God and you can remain faithless, but God will remain faithful. That is the promise of God. This is why our confidence is not on the things that we own and the things that we have. Our confidence is in Christ. We can trust God. And I'm telling you right now, God can be trusted. You know why? Because He's consistent. Who is not consistent? Us. And you blame God for the things that's happening in your life? Even though we're not consistent, He chooses to be consistent. Even though we don't deserve the blessing, He chooses to bless us. Because God's consistency is not dependent on your consistency. God is consistent because He is consistent. It is the character of God, it is the nature of God. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their what hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. When you say hope, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. So there is no financial planning that will secure us. Although it's okay to financially plan for your future, it's okay to pay for your insurances, it's okay to save. And if you put your trust in these things, even though you know everything is secure, there is this amount of fear still in your heart. Because no amount of future security can give you the guarantee everything will work out fine. No, I prayed for friends last night. I don't know if you're familiar with, with the story. I prayed for Paris last night. And it sounds funny. Somebody posted of a picture of Paris Hilton. Let's pray for Paris. That's not good, okay? They, they're missing the point. I opted to pray and went out of my way and just, I was asking myself, Lord, how is this possible? That even a country who has so much, who's guaranteed with special forces, okay, can go through such terrorism. And here we are, here in the Philippines, Okay? We, we don't, every single day, we know we're not secured. Amen. Do you understand? Okay? In fact, probably I feel in my heart that terrorists, okay, and, and the people outside of, of, of this country might not want to do their terror, terrorist activities in this country. It will do more harm to them than to us. I'm just kidding. But at the end of the day, even if you're a country and you have money, life is not certain. Everything is uncertain. Your marriage is uncertain. 
You can, you, can, you can date your wife every single day, but I'm telling you right now, it is only in Christ that gives you the security. You can date her. I'm not saying that you should not because your, your security is in Christ, but at the end of the day, there's no guarantee that you'll be forever. There's no guarantee of a great marriage, a great career, a great future, okay? Or, 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 or a great really profession. There, there is no guarantee. And you can cover all the bases, but at the end of the day, without Christ, you'll be shaken. Only in Christ, we can be certain. We can even buy the most expensive car. And just for about a week, you'll feel good. But after that, you're back. You will continue to live in insecurity. You can, have a, uh, you can buy the most expensive house or the most expensive bed, like this floating bed, worth $1.6 million. You don't, that's not, but that will not guarantee a good sleep. It will not guarantee rest. The floating bed is the most expensive mattress in the world. The secret behind this floating bed is a magnetic system which allows it to rise 16 inches above the floor. You can buy this, but not rest. You can buy a toy, but not joy. You can buy a lot of things. But a great marriage, you can't you can buy that. Security, you can buy that. There are a lot of things that money has convinced us that if you take me in, I'll guarantee happiness and security. In fact, money, okay, will guarantee one thing. That the more you have it, the more you are insecure. Because you have fallen into the addiction that I need more. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a what? into a, a trap, a snare, into many senses and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. A snare is a lie. A snare is a false advertisement. So where do we put our trust? Do we put our trust on the pipeline, on the flow, on our jobs, our businesses, our intelligence, or how good we are? Even, you're totally guaranteed. There is no guarantee. Because the flow and your money source cannot guarantee. At the end of the day, your job is not guaranteed. Only the source where the money came from is guaranteed. So we put our hope where the money eventually came from. If you're familiar with this, and I don't know if you've observed this for quite some time, lately I would see uh, dirt in, in, in our water and it's coming from our faucet. They realize the problem is not the faucet, but where it came from. Am I correct? Because if in case I'll find a faucet that has clean water, the tendency is that for me to what? To rethread that faucet, get that faucet, and put it in my pocket. Because it what? It gives clean water. We know that that will not do the trick. We know it's not from the faucet. It came from the source. So the problem with us is that we trust our jobs. There is nothing wrong with working hard and being excellent. Because you're not doing it for your boss or for the company. You're doing it for God. Amen. But I hope that we will clarify this to uh, ourselves that God, this job has provided me what I need, but ultimately you're using this as an avenue, a pipeline, a vessel to bless my life. This is why a rich man's wealth is his strong city. The problem is that you're never guaranteed. That it will last. That is in Proverbs 18, 11. But for people like us who has a relationship with the Lord, 
that we know, God, that there are a lot of needs and wants that I, I'm looking for and searching for, but that's not where my contentment is, that I just have to stay secure because I know you're in control of my life. This is for us. That the name of the Lord is our strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The reason why you can call yourself righteous because Christ made you righteous. You can call and run into the strong tower and you will be saved. Because at the end of the day, provision cannot save you. Money cannot save you. What you have cannot save you, only in Christ. Whether that's external or internal. If you have a relationship in Christ, no matter how challenging the situation is, you will walk with confidence because remember this. The challenges that come your way is not your fight. It is the fight of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can run to the strong tower and be saved. But every single day, we are confronted by two masters. The Bible is clear in Matthew 6, 24. The more you listen to your needs and your wants and your desires, there's nothing wrong with it. The more that it proves that Christ is not your master. So you have to pick right now. Make a choice. Make a decision. God, am I allowing money and what I have to control everything that I do? This is similar to the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verse 21 to 22. And Jesus looking at him, love him. God doesn't hate us when we don't trust him. But God loves us. But the response has to come from our end. Wala pong magagawa ang Panginoon if you don't want to put your hope in God. Said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Pastor, ganito ba? Pag, pag uh, binigay mo yung buhay mo sa Panginoon, uubusin mo kayamanan mo? I'm telling you right now, that's, that's not the context of the scripture. The context of the scripture is that God knows the condition of his heart. God was trying to rock the boat and tell him, and was telling him, that are you willing to let go of what you have in exchange for a vital and a running relationship with me? And verse 22, disheartened by saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. God was simply saying, will you trust what you have or trust me? And the beauty of this, when you trust God, the Bible is clear. That what comes after that are the things you're dreaming of or for or the things that you desire in life. The Bible is clear. Seek you first the kingdom of God. But I hope we don't put the, the passage in a wrong context. The Lord, if I trust and give my life and have a relationship with you and go to church, am I guaranteed to be rich? Again, there goes that spirit that I hope whether God will bless us or not at all, we will stay faithful to God because God has been so faithful. What we have will not determine our relationship with God. If you're single here and somebody approach you, okay, that I will marry you because of what you have and what you possess. And you know, that is what I like about my wife. She tied a knot not because of the money that I have, because I don't have one. So I know, okay, that this is from God. And I'm glad that we did not start because we want a great wedding to brag to the people that we hate. We did not start with the, with the wrong foot. That our lives are revolving around what pleases people. At the end of the day, a simple wedding will do. As long as you're starting with the right foot, that we will trust God. Whatever will come our way. So this man was challenged by God. There's a reason why the, 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 the moral of the story is so clear. Will you pick me than what you have? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. 
not just money. And we know this passage. But the more you love money, money will dictate everything that you will do in life. Remember, if you're here right now and you love money so much and you know that money secures you, this is not even a message so that you can give to this church. I don't care if you give or not. You can give to another church. What I care is not us. What I care is about you. Did you know that Jesus Christ is not interested with money? And the reason why he's exhorting on money roughly about 2,000 times in the Bible, more than salvation and lordship, because your money is close to your wallet. He's not interested with your money. He's interested with your heart. But your money is close to your heart. Thus, he's after your money. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, the more you love money, the more that it will dictate everything that you do. It is my prayer today, just like what we have discussed in the same chapter, same verse, that we need to command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We hope in God. Thus, it is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And we will keep on trusting God because our hope is secured, stable, and strong. God is not immovable. Our currencies are immovable. It's erratic. You know why? Your faith is like a roller coaster. There are days that you're happy. There are days that you're sad. There are days that you're rejoicing. There are days that you're depressed. There are days that you are, uh, you're, you're telling the whole world that you're, you're, you're excited with life. There are days that you're oppressed. Because the life in which you're anchored to is unstable. Everything is erratic in this world. But if you have Christ and you're anchored in Him, Christ is never immovable. Hindi po nayayanig ang Panginoon. Hindi natutulog ang Diyos. Hindi inaantok ang Diyos. He's always awake for your sake. So the question you need to ask yourself, and we need to ask our congregation, do we trust the riches of this world or the one who richly provides? I don't know if you're familiar with a dollar from the U.S. of A. And it's written right there, right in the middle, in God we. And you can profess it, declare that. In fact, it is so ironic that they trust in God, but they remove prayers in all entities of, from schools to the government. I cannot understand that. But you can advertise that you trust God. But in the way you live your life, does it validate that you really trust God? Remember, our living should validate our believing. So do you really trust God? And if you're saying, I trust God, I hope that everything that you do is in one accord with your believing. Some of you here, you can relate. Let's proceed to our own bill. And right here, the person who wrote this from, in our bill is from our church. And this is something that I'm proud of. It is written right here, Pinagpalang Bayan ng Diyos ay Panginoon. That person is somebody who comes to our church, has a faith and committed, and is committed to his relationship with God. That he knows that even though you have money, you have resources, and if God is not in top shelf and your top priority, everything will crumble down. It is right there, underneath Republica ng Pilipinas, that more than just the money that we have, is Jesus the Lord of our pockets? Is Jesus the Lord of our expenses? 
And if you're here right now, you're struggling with your 90% and you're having a hard time how to budget your 90%, I am highly convinced you're struggling with your 10%. I'm not for your 10%. I'm not for your tithes. It's, it's your call. It's the byproduct of your relationship. It's not a requirement. Just like what I mentioned time and time and again. Okay? We don't want your money. Fast food restaurants want your money. They're nice to you, right? Good morning, sir. But just try not paying whatever you've ordered. <laughs> try, just try. And run for your life. I'm telling you right now, you can join Race for Life <laughs> because of that action. But in this church, you approach me, Pastor, can I pray for you? I will not ask you with, with that question, how much are you tithing? 2% pastor, I won't pray for you. Do you understand? We don't do that here. Because this is never about your giving. This is about staying faithful in the call that God has placed for us that we are here to serve you. So I hope that these things want to determine our temperament and the way we live our lives. That's, that's why we can stay secure, the state of feeling safe and stable because we're anchored in the stability of who Christ is. So if you're always anxious, Always living in fear because there is a God that you have placed above the God of the universe. Because whoever is in that position, whoever is your top priority, whoever is on top of the list, is what will dictate the way you live your life. Whoever secures you dictates everything that you do. I do pray that we will be liberated from trusting our resources that we will put our trust in Christ. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Because true security is not in the riches of this world, but in God who richly provides. It is in our passage that he will richly provide so that he'll enjoy. I hope that, that we would be watchful in all those prosperity messages. When you have Christ, whether you have money or not, you're prosperous, you're blessed. There are things that money can't buy. This is why security is not in the riches of this world, but on the person. It's not a what, but on the who. It's not what is given to you but what God has provided. I will bring you, okay, one slide further before I end. I want to show you a video, and I hope this doesn't come across as something that we're attacking a group of people, but we want to see the heart at the end of the day. We do things based on what we prioritize. Meron akong pangarap na pag sa pamilya ko, pag nagkapamilya ako, kung ano may yung hindi ko nag, nang, na, nakuha nung bata ako, gusto kong ibigay sa kanila. Bali po kasi, yung chances po kasi dito, hindi naman po ako ma-promote for regularity. After my graduation, bumiyay na ako ng Singapore. Nandun ang opportunities ko in order for me to, uh, I could say, fight for a living na magbigay ng magandang kinabukas na anak namin. Uh, sa Pilipinas, not enough yung, ano mo, yung sahod as being a food server or bartender. Uh, so, yung wage ko po, sa dalawa kong anak, single mother, hindi ko po kayang masustain ko ano po yung kailangan nila. Hindi mo kasalubong ka si Papa masayaw? Mula po yung ano, Xbox po. Paper and pillows. Mahaling chocolate po tapos yung mga damit po na galing sa ibang panasay. Saan ang pakiramdam mo kung having a mom or some flight steward? 
Very sad because I I cannot see my mother every day. Sometimes I feel that she doesn't love me, but she said that she loved me. Ano po malungkot po? Alis na po si Papa. Nung pagpasok niya po sa airport, namuha po yung mata ko tapos nalangkot po. Sana po, nandito na lang siya. Nung nakarating na po siya, masaya po ako pag nandito po siya sa Pilipinas. I wish that my dad can find a good work here at Pilipinas and the same as my mother. Masikip sa dibdib. Narealize ko na mahal nila ako kasi minsan hindi kami ganun ka-expressive. Andun na ngayon na-miss ko yung childhood nila eh. Pati ba naman yung adulthood na magbibenatara sila. Hindi kasi enough yung kahit sabihin nating high-tech na ngayon, technology, tech, sky, internet, whatever. Iba pa rin po kasi pag personal mo silang kasama. Can we give God the glory for that? We're not here to attack certain group of people. I know the intentions are really right and proper. But I want you to understand that I'm a product as well when my mom went abroad. And I can relate with the story. And even I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling uh, looking at the video. Because I know for one that it might send a negative message to our OFWs. But the heart right here is that whatever may happen, be with your wife. Be with your kids. Because there is a way. And the way is to trust God. This may sound insensitive. Paano, Pastor, pag wala nang paraan? I can't answer that. But if there's a way, do something about it. Because life should never be dictated by what we have and what we need and what we want to accumulate. Dictated by the people. And statistics would say, your fight is not just your fight alone. When you have your wife praying with you and your children praying with you, and you begin to, to be transparent with them that, I don't know where to start, but let's do this as a family. The Lord will meet you wherever you are. That is my prayer this morning, that you will begin to trust God because He alone is stable, secure, immovable. We will trust a God who will richly provide. And He is true to His word. Can we just take this time right now? I want to invite the music team to join me here in front. Heavenly Father, we want to trust you more than what we have in our career and our future. For some, we don't want to. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the ability to save money, but that is not where we put our hope, our trust. So as we bow our heads and we close our eyes, can we stand right now on our feet? You stand on our feet right now as we. Let's bow our heads. If you're here right now and you're saying, Pastor, pray with me. Pray for me. I want to trust God. Don't look around. Just bow your heads. I want to trust God. That everything that I do, though I'm tempted to sidestep once in a while, but let me trust God. Not on my resources, not on my ability, not on my money, not on my compensation. You're saying right now, give me, Lord, the grace to trust you, even though it doesn't make sense. I want you to raise your hand right now. You're saying, God, I want to trust you. I want to trust you, God. This life of mine will never be the same again. I will trust God. Say this, I will trust God. 
Say this once again. I will trust God who richly provide. Thank you, Jesus, that you will meet me at the point of my need. Not according to my needs, but according to your capacity. Thank you, Father. So we just thank God. Lord, thank you that my faith is rooted in you. Thank Jesus. Can we just put down our hands right now and as we continue to bow our heads as we end this morning, if you're saying right now, I have lived my life apart from Christ. And this is not an accident why you're here. Christ wants to tell you, let's do this together. That you can live life with me and not apart from me. And that challenge this morning is an invitation by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to trust me, I want you to hand your life over to me. And you can hand your life over to God by praying this simple prayer of accepting Jesus Christ. tinatanggap mo ang Panginoon sa puso mo. And you're saying, Panginoon, pumasok ka sa puso ko at baguhin mong buhay ko. So if you want a new life, a fresh start, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Let's bow our heads. Pray this prayer after me. Say this after me. Jesus, say this after me. Jesus, I repent from all known sins and I want to invite you in my heart Please come in and take control of my life. Today, I want to follow you and put my trust in you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God! Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcasts.